but I just came back from the lower mountains of Ararat. And I went there because I'm teaching a new series. Listen to this, you'll love it. It's called okay. Fallen Angels, Giants, Monsters, and oh. the World Before the Flood. Oh my goodness. And I'm goodness. doing a whole series on the world before the flood. And the world before the flood was a pretty bizarre time. Right. And you know, there in the lower mountains of Ararat really is a ship formation that has been visited for thousands of years. People have been looking for the ark on the top of Mount Ararat. Right. It didn't, it didn't exist. It's a stratovolcano. It's only, a, it's, it's much younger than the flood. Mm. But in the lower mountains of Ararat on a mountain called Judy, which is part of the Ararat mountain range, there really is an ark not far from the old Silk Road. And right. people who used to travel the Silk Road used to just come right off of it to see the ark. Well, it's still there. It's there. But when I was there, I was thinking about the times we're living in because Jesus said in Matthew 24, verse 37, as it was in the days of Noah before yes. the flood, yes. so it would be before the coming of the Son of Man. Well, you know, it was a bad time before the flood. Yes, it was. But Noah went with his family into the ark. God closed the door. The world around them was ravaged by the flood. And Noah and his family, because they obeyed God, floated on the waters of destruction. The yes. waters destroyed everything else, but the same water caused Noah and his family to rise above it all. And in these last days, if we'll listen to the Holy Ghost and obey the word and be in relationship with the right people. Yes. It's important that you're connected to the right people. That's right. We can be buoyed above it all and we can float on the waters of destruction. And that's what I'm believing for God's people. And I believe that should be our aim. We've got to help people navigate these waters that we're currently sailing through. I want to ask a little bit more about this ark, because this is just so interesting to me. So you're saying there's the ark is, is literally there. Why isn't the world recognizing this? Why isn't this a big deal? Because I've never really heard that it's actually you can go visit it and see it. Uh, why is that, sir? Listen, it's funny because when you're driving on the highway, there's actually a sign that says five kilometers to the ark. <laughs> it's hilarious. <laughs> wow. But it's right, on, it's right on the border of Iran. In fact, if you go up the mountain to where the ark actually landed over all these thousands of years, it's slid down the side of the hill. It's a mud flow. If you go up to the top, which we did, the Iranian border there with machine guns, we tried to film there. They told us to turn our cameras around. Oh, so wow. there's a reason people don't go there. And not only that, for years and years, it was an area where there were drug traffickers and people got kidnapped there. So people were afraid to go there. But hey, I've got an apostolic call in my life. I'll go anywhere. I'm not afraid to go anywhere. And so the ark really is there. It's really there. I wish I could just pick you up and take you there. It is exactly 515 feet long. You can see it is the very form of an ark. It was completely covered. It was lost from history because it's a mud flow and it was completely covered by mud until 1959 when there was an earthquake. Wow. And a pilot was flying over that area in 1959 to take pictures for new maps, took all the pictures, sent them to a cartographer, and the cartographer said, what in the world is that? That's mm. a ship. And he sent those photographs to a professor in the United States who was the professor who studied all the Cuban missile sites by satellites. I mean, the best you can get. And right. he said, there is without a question, no doubt about it, that is a ship in the mountains of Ararat. And it is in the mountains of Ararat. 
The Bible never says it landed on the peak. It says in Genesis 8, 4, it was in the mountains of Ararat. And not only that, but Todd, when you go down into the valley, down in the valley are massive drogue stones. Do you know what a drogue stone is? Please explain a little bit more. Yeah. Well, I don't it, know. Looks like, it looks like a massive, massive anchor, but it's not. Drogue stones were in the ancient world were hung over the sides of the ship to balance the ship in bad weather. Wow. Well, in the valley, just down below where the ark is today resting, there are massive drogue stones. I mean, massive, massive. They have found 26 of them. And if you follow those drogue stones, you can see the route that the ark took before it landed where it landed. Because as the waters began to calm down and the ship began to slow down, Noah began to cut those stones. So you hmm. can actually follow those drogue stones and you can see the way the ark moved before it landed where it is today. Is that amazing? That and is not only that, the Bible, the Bible tells us the first city after the ark was called Misha. Well, guess right? what the name of that, the name of that mountain is called Mishar in modern vernacular. But there is there an ancient settlement, which is about four, 4,500 years old, probably the first city built by Noah. It's all there. It, it seems like the world has done a good job to try to hide this from people because this is, well, this I, I, I'm going to tell you why. <laughs> okay. Number one, people were afraid to go there because it was dangerous for many years. Number two, People have invested millions of dollars looking for the ark on Mount Ararat. They're not going to find it there. It's a stratovolcano. Even if it had been there, it would have been blown to bits or covered by lava. Right. And they have spent so much money on those expeditions that nobody wants to say they were wrong, so they don't want to acknowledge this. Next, the Koran says the ark landed somewhere else. Ah. And Turkey is a Muslim nation. And right. if they say that's the ark, then they've got a little problem with the Quran. Wow. And so, they, so they've done ERT scans, 39 of them. They've identified multiple rooms, three floors. It's all there. They've drilled into it. They have pulled out animal hair. They've pulled out human fibers. It is a ship. And you know, many people say that the ark was like a big, big box, but it was not. You can see the form of the ark. It had a very sharp bow, came down, was rounded on the bottom, exactly like ancient ships. I mean, it is identical. Hmm. So anyhow, it's really the real deal. And down in the village below, there, down in the valley below, there is an ancient village. And what do you suppose the name of the village is? The village of eight. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> that's, the name, that's the name of the village. And there's a bunch of those drogue stones there. And uh, also one more thing that has just blessed my heart is the ark landed at about 7,500 feet, slid down the hill to where it is today, about 6,400 feet. But not far from where it landed is a massive, massive stone. And on the top of that stone, there is a blood canal which was cut with human instrumentation. And the locals there say from ancient, ancient times that was identified as the place where Noah offered the first sacrifice to God. And Todd, I really believe that it is. I yes. mean, it's absolutely a blood channel which has been carved in the top of that stone. And if that is the place, that's where Noah looked up and the rainbow appeared in the sky. 
I'm telling you, it is so surreal to be there. And I'm so thankful that God enabled me and my team to go there and spend 10 days. It's amazing. And there's going to be a teaching that's going to come out where you cover your entire trip there and everything like that, right? Well, we really, I'm using it as a backdrop to teach about the days before the flood. Okay. You know, the days before the flood, there was messing with DNA, with angels that came down, the, right. creation, of, the creation of monsters, sexual perversion. Jesus said all those things are going to be repeated before the coming of the Son of Man. Well, today we have demons putting it into the minds of men to mutilate human bodies and change people from one sex into another sex. Right. And please forgive me, I don't want to step on any toes, but no. people are so tattooed and so covered with so many staples and nails that we're living in the land of monsters. That's I mean, right. we're surrounded by monsters everywhere you look. You mm. go into a restaurant in the United States. My wife and I go into restaurants and we say, who was that that just served us? Oh my we, don't goodness. Know if that was, we don't know if that was a man or if that was a woman. Right. It's bizarre. This and, is what uh, I don't mean to be offensive, but that's what Jesus said. It would be repeated. And can I tell you something else interesting, Todd? Yes, please. Here, I, I'm just rambling. Forgive me. No, this is good. In Luke chapter 21, Jesus was giving signs of his coming, and he said something that nobody ever understood. And that's one thing about living in prophetic times, things that nobody else understood, you come to understand. Right. And Jesus said this amazing statement in Luke chapter 21, verse 11. He said, there will be great signs from the heavens and fearful sights. Right. Hmm. Well, first of all, great signs from the heavens. In Greek, it uses the preposition O. It describes something coming right down out of the heavens. Yes. Which means at the very end of the age, just like in the first of the age before the flood, there's going to be some kind of interaction with other worlds. Mm -hmm. Secondly, when Jesus said fearful sights, guess what the word is? (laughs) It's the Greek word phobotron. And no translator ever had the guts to translate it correctly because they didn't know really what it meant in the world today. Phobotron is the word for monsters. Mm. Jesus literally said there will be monsters in society at the end of the age. Well, that's what was in the world before the flood. Yes. So that's why I went to Noah's Ark. Where do you feel we're at on the prophetic timeline? I think we're right at the end. Wow. We're right at the end. Yeah. And uh, I mean, I fully expect that we're going to see the coming of the Lord. Now I know that every generation sees that, says that. But you know, we're actually seeing things that no generation has ever seen or imagined. Right. And the Bible talks about inventors of evil things. Todd, look at the day we're living in. Yes. We're living in the day when people are just daily inventing new evil things and the days of noah are being repeated they're happening right in front of us that's the age we're living in but you know noah and his family they were the only family it seems that was still walking with god but they came from quite a lineage jared was his great great grandfather his jared gave birth to enoch how would you like to have enoch as your great grandfather methuselah (laughs) was his grandfather lemek was his father and the bible tells us in Hebrews eleven seven, Noah being warned of God of things not yet seen. Well, people always think that that means he just heard directly from God, and indeed he did. You can read that in Genesis chapter 6. But he came from a line of people who had divine revelation. Mm. 
And he didn't just hear it from God. He heard it from his great-great-grandfather, his grandfather. He heard it from his daddy. That revelation, the judgment was coming, and the call to live a holy life was imparted to him by his predecessors. And Noah and his family carried that patriarchal revelation that was imparted to him. And he actually carried it onto the ark. Right. And now we have a great opportunity to carry divine revelation. Yes. God wants to speak to us. He wants us to take the simplicity of the faith that's been passed to us by our predecessors. Right. And help put people onto a ship that's going to protect them in these times.